Hi, my name is Darlena Liu, and in this episode of Doctors Who Create, we'll be talking with the team at Core IM about how to make a podcast. So to start off, I'm going to ask everyone to go around and introduce themselves, their medical background, their role in Core IM, and their favorite podcast to listen to. I can start. My name is Shreya Trivedi. I went to NYU for residency where I'm finishing up internal medicine and I'll be a GIM fellow next year. My role is I am, quote unquote, the executive producer. And my favorite podcast at this moment is non-medical. And it's one that Steve introduced me to, which is called Masters of Scale, which is a great podcast thinking about how businesses have scaled and became where they are now. Super, super interesting. I am Marty Freed. I am the vice executive producer of Core IM, also in a product of NYU internal medicine residency program, finishing up my chief year right now and heading to Ohio State, where I will be a faculty of the Department of General Internal Medicine. And my favorite podcasts, also at the moment, non-medical, I get a real big kick out of Malcolm Gladwell's stuff. I'm also a huge fantasy baseball nerd, and so I, I listen to some of the ESPN stuff from on that. I'm Steve Liu. I host the Mind the Gap segment, and I'm faculty here at NYU now. In terms of my favorite podcasts, I listen to a lot of conversations with Tyler. That tends to be the one I like the most. But in terms of like production, my favorite has always been uh, Planet Money. I think it's fantastic. My name is John Huang. Like Steve, I'm a faculty member in the Department of Medicine at NYU. Also went to residency and med school here. In terms of favorite podcasts, if I can't say Planet Money... I'd have to say, actually, the, um, I am reasoning. Since everyone seems to be doing non-medical podcasts, I do want to, to give a plug for them. I, I think what they do is is just fantastic. And uh, yeah, can't wait to be able to talk like that spontaneously. So Nice. <laughs> yeah. And let's not forget one of our favorite medical podcasts, Core IM. To get us started, do you want to introduce what exactly is Core IM? Yeah. So we like to think of it not as a podcast. Actually, we would like to think of Core IM as more of a virtual medical community which takes the form of podcasts, social media, blogs, etc., visual medicine, graphics, all of the above. And I guess in terms of what our hopes are with it is not just to kind of be a medical knowledge podcast, but our, our really kind of like mission statement when we sat down in our visioning board was to also be able to inspire curiosity and to really be able to move forward critical thinking. Has that vision changed from the original conception of the idea? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think it really started out as a, an appreciation for what the EM and quick care community was doing. And they've been at the podcast game a lot longer than general internal medicine and have been producing amazing things. And so I think at first, my goal was just to provide our learners with equally as compelling and, and interesting stuff. And I, then I think we, and Shreya has done an amazing job of bringing together a lot of diverse interests and that now it's expanded from, I think, simple just knowledge translation to like thinking deeply about how we think and looking at gaps in evidence and even expanding in some point in the future into the humanities and narrative medicine and those kind of exciting yes. things. Plug for some, some things coming up. Which brings us to the different segments of Core IM, Hoofbeats and Mind the Gap. Yeah. So kind of like Marty was saying in terms of the evolution of Core IM, initially it started off with five pearls, which is basically high yield, clinically relevant teaching points. I think it came from the heart of both Marty and I shared kind of this same idea that we would go to the, all these lectures and kind of come out with like, okay, wait, what did I actually take away from that? 
Um, and we have pretty strong backgrounds in adult learning theory and, and really wanted it to be centered around things that have been proven to improve kind of retention, which is quizzing yourself and spaced repetition. And so that was like one of the first original segments that we had thought about. And then the beautiful thing about medicine is you get to interact with so many different talented people. And that's where um, Steve and John, who are uniquely very, very talented, came in. Um, I think the, the second segment that we added on was Mind the Gap. And I'll let Steve talk about his brainchild. Yeah, so I think you might be giving us a little too much credit there. Mind the Gap was actually, if I recall, still your idea. Well, I think the key, and maybe this is more getting into later advice for people who want a podcast, is... You need to know what light people up. And if you can tap into what light people up, what their talents are, and, and loop that into the greater team and vision, then then I, I think you strike gold. And, and I think that's what happened with Mind the Gap and Hoofbeats. Yeah. And, and so Mind the Gap, I, I guess the purpose of it is to try to, you know, we say go deeper, but in a lot of ways, what we're hoping to do is kind of highlight the resources you would use to really explore a subject. I think that it provides like a nice way, a nice way to kind of maybe bite into it in smaller chunks. I think often it can be intimidating to go through and get a lot of information thrown at you. So hopefully that's what we're achieving is by making it little smaller bits on broader topics. Uh, I think that's kind of my hope. For someone who might not have listened to it yet, what's a good episode to start with? You know, the normal response would say they're all good episodes. I actually can't tell you. I don't have no idea. Um, I, I don't know that there's one that I would think of. I like the Ascites, uh, the first Ascites. There you go. I guess that uh, one, that probably works. Um, evidence for, for uh, paracentesis on admission. And then came Hoofbeats. <laughs> right, Trent. Also your idea. I think that it's a sign <laughs> that this whole podcast project is maturing, that now the, the details, the origin stories become kind of shrouded and... In mythology, it's not really well known. I, I, asked, I asked John one day what lights him up, and he said, to be, I think if I remember correctly, to be able to teach something in a different way to help help learners think in a different way yeah i mean hoofbeats it on the surface it's it's a case-based reasoning exercise as, as you said you know what motivates me and, and cindy fang who i co-host and, and write the episodes with is this idea that much of our insight into clinical reasoning into how experienced diagnosticians think through the kind of the window of sage on a stage didactics, you know, people who are essentially explaining how they're doing things. And it's it's narrow, it's limiting, and how to kind of step outside of that just a little bit. I think that that's kind of what we're going for there. It's very new, obviously, so you can't ask me what episode to start with because there's only one, but hopefully we'll make progress on that. It's, but it's golden. I've like listened to it now six, seven times and I get something different each time I listen to it. So a huge plug for that episode. That was definitely the impression I got listening to the Hoofbeats episode. It was like doing an exercise in clinical reasoning. And I feel like a lot of med students would be able to get a lot out of it. We essentially, we, we break the case down into to one or two big chunks. And you know, as you're saying, the idea is to give the listener a chance to think to themselves, how would I approach this problem? What is What are my methods to break down this problem. And I, I think that this is an important step to take because it's, I think it's only when we recognize that we don't have the appropriate tools to kind of dissect, okay, you know, how, how do you approach thrombocytopenia in this kind of a patient? That's kind of, I think, when listeners are primed or are kind of cued to prick their ears up. One thing I learned from listening to that episode was how much medical telephone goes on and how the story reveals itself in little layers and how to pay attention to certain pieces of evidence that might be more important than others. I do think we should ask ourselves, how much time should we be dedicating in our medical curricula to exploring the histology of various glomerular lesions versus how much 
time should we dedicate teaching our trainees to practice kind of returning to the source or kind of practicing, you know, how to broaden their thinking? I do question sometimes the relative importance we assign things, you know, in, in, in certainly in preclinical teaching. I think it's I think it's easier. I think it's easier to to teach a bunch of you know H and E stained slides um, than it is to like sit down in a mentorship relationship and and like dissect how did you approach that problem? You know what are you missing? What what was great about that? Or like where people just throw around things all the time: cutoffs, uh, days for antibiotics. Etc. And, and we have no idea where the data comes from, but you're you feel comfortable. You're like, oh, I've done this a hundred times. Let's do it again on this patient, and to to rethink that and to have some backup for why we do or or don't do things is is really great. So, how do you see Mind the Gap or Hoofbeats fitting in with medical education? Because that seems like one of the goals of your project. I mean, I, I think that that is in in many ways the trend you're seeing. I mean, NYU does have a shorter preclinical year than uh, years than compared to how it used to be when you and I went to med school here, John. And I think that that is the general trend towards it. So hopefully in a lot of ways, I think these podcasts are really, it's like a nice supplemental way of approaching this. It's a, a companion, what was it? What's the right word for it? An add-on? Yeah, I think, so Marty and I actually just gave a talk on this at SGM where we really emphasize podcasts or, you know, what the broader world calls, calls it foam as really an adjunct to medical education, not a replacement, but to really... I think our underlying goal is to really empower in multiple ways, whether it's critical thinking or being able to talk to patients differently, et cetera. But it's more of an adjunct and, and not replacing. So this kind of segues into what made you interested in creating a podcast or being a host for a podcast? So I kind of mentioned this in terms of the the heart of it, which was kind of feeling very alone in terms of my medical education where I, I just felt like in the hustle and bustle of the day, I never had a chance to stop, to consolidate, to synthesize. And then kind of like, as we mentioned, every segment had its own permutation and, and vision for why it was was created. And then in terms of hosting a podcast, I guess I can't speak it's never like, it was never like, oh, I, I need to be the host. I'm very happy giving the space to other people. But one thing I do feel very strongly about is, uh, in particular, is for women in medicine. I think we're in a particularly lucky time where female physicians have opportunities that previous generations did not have, where it's opportunities to express, have a voice, to show their insights, to have their vision. And so I feel very grateful that we're in a time where we have podcasts and blogs and can be a voice and, and also be right up against male voices. And I also don't think it's unintentional that all of our shows have one female speaker and one male speaker. How did the team come together? It seems like you have a very good team dynamic going on. Yeah. Well, I think we were all kind of... Trey, don't mince words. None of us would yeah. be here <laughs> if it wasn't for you and, an... and, and, and Marty. You know, I not, I would not have even considered Trey, this yeah. at all possible if, if it weren't for you guys. I feel like that's something I didn't realize is how great endeavors like this are so often driven by the vision and uh, persistence uh, of, that is of very, one or two key people. Very, know? very, very uh, nice to hear. But I guess I, I feel the very opposite in terms of I think it's so important in terms of your team members and who you choose. I feel so grateful to be a part of a team where we are all so supportive of each other. Yes, we have our own segments, but very equally, like Steve will give me his 
edit her insights to almost all the things that we do, and I'll listen Whether in on everything. Whether or not she asked. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet, okay? <laughs> trying to yeah. let other or I'll just talk. be the background silence when Cindy and John are recording hoofbeats and be like, no, 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 wait, that, that's not a good transition, or do this instead. And I love that we are so supportive and rooting for each other and um, really in it for, okay, how are we going to produce the highest quality product to help thousands of listeners around the world? And I think I think that is... I'm so grateful for this team. Do you have any prior experience with podcasting or hosting and producing? What's your technical background? Steve, I just learned last week that apparently you've been script writing since you were nine years. Am I no, no, to embarrass no, no. you? No, no, this is also... My friends in high school love to make movies. So, okay. And so we used to write scripts and like, you know make movies as like amateurs but i don't really have any real experience any more than any of these guys do i don't think the real brainchild of a lot of these like not brainchild what's the right word the real guy behind the scenes is harit who's not here right now but he was the one that helped us with all of our editing with all of the all the stuff that we did to make it sound how it sounds was all driven by him yeah so Hurry is not a doctor, but um, I guess the other advice I have for anyone who wants to start a podcast is do not be limited only by physicians. There's many other people who have strong talents in other fields that can help you. And so Hurry just so happens to also be my husband, but he just uh, happens to be just like so by accident. I recruited him <laughs> in multiple arenas in my life, but he, uh, right. He's, he's a regular electrical engineer, but he um, just picked up audio editing and, and really was a great technical support to have. So um, that's something also important to keep in mind. So it sounds like there's a bit of a learning curve, but here we are today. As a, as a as an example of this whole <laughs> today's recording endeavor, it was a process. It was a long process. I don't know if anyone wants to give the listeners a synopsis of what happened, all the rookie mistakes that happened to get to this recording. I, I don't even understand what happened, but for you guys listening, we're sitting on Shreya's floor right now with various books and boxes in front of us to support the microphones. <laughs> this is the most uh, resourceful recording studio one has ever seen. We should really take a picture of this. What's the typical process like of producing an episode from start to finish? You know, I will tell you, um, so we have like kind of um, at this point have figured out what needs to happen, but I, th I don't, I think we're still far from a typical, like we, every, every like episode um, that I've been involved in has a different location or, you know, a different remote, someone's recording remotely or, you know, you realize that your field recorder is broken and so you have to, you know, devise one like, you know, Apollo 13 <laughs> with <laughs> duct tape and pencils. Yes. And, um, but uh, sure, I mean, you should like walk us through uh, like the general outline, but I would just say there's like, like today, there's a enormous amount of problem solving at every step of the way. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I guess the basics of it starts with a vision for what we want our learners to take away from the podcast. And then from there, developing a script, getting it peer reviewed, particularly the five pearl segment and the mind the gap segment, which can be a huge burden in terms of time. But we believe it's well worth it that we are putting out content that is as high quality and up to date as possible. And then the actual recording, audio editing, 
as well as making sure we have a strong visual graphic for all our visual learners out there. I wish there was a sexier way to introduce how the process, but it's it's a it's a pretty long process. Like I, I want to sincerely say, like I, in addition to eighty hours of residency, it's also like twenty, thirty hours, nights, weekends. But it's a joyful process, and it's so beautiful having a strong product at the end. Steve is the best uh, best critic to have on your team, I feel. I really love his strong editorial eye. I think I'm like an optimist sometimes, where, but Steve will be like, no, that, that doesn't make any sense. Or like, how is this going to work? And so I think usually we're all very supportive of each other, and whatever kind of idea or vision we have, we kind of help each other run with. It sounds like you have a lot of other responsibilities on your plate. How long does it take to go from that original idea to a fully polished episode ready to go out on iTunes. I mean with me we're talking order of months I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, that's I mean, yeah, I would I would very much agree. I think that our maybe like even my most polished shortest turnaround has been a month and a half, a month. Adrenal insufficiency was probably or contrast induced nephropathy was probably the shortest turnaround. And then like latent TB sat on my mailbox and multiple revisions for at least 4 or 5 months. Are you inspired by patients you see in the hospital? So I think at the heart of that question is, so we spend a lot of time like pontificating, like we're not pontificating, but we spend a lot of time thinking about like, what is a pearl? Like why, what, what are the different things that people want to listen to? I, and so when I'm like on rounds or when I'm like thinking about my patients, I think about not only things that my, the residents and med students on my team like don't know or find interesting, but it's also like, what does nobody know? Like, what are we still like? What are we still disagreeing with at this point? And so I think, yeah, the, the, the muse comes in like from everywhere. So has podcasting influenced your understanding of or your practice of medicine? Yeah. So I, so I think not only do I have uh, a new set of teaching points every other week <laughs> from the podcast that gets produced, but I find myself having interesting conversations with people about laying out this scaffold of like in, uh, an, another episode. Like I you know, spent a an hour in the office of one of my buddies who's an infectious disease doc about like, how can we make an episode about strep? Going off of what you were saying, I've found that podcasting has been a great way to meet other people in the medical field and start that conversation. I think it's a great creative outlet. I, I can't emphasize enough, whether it's podcasting, blogging, or other people have many different creative outlets, but you know, talking about being in a space and time where there's a lot of burnout, a lot of time spent in front of the EMR. For me, I I can say for sure I was in a bad place last year when we were initially thinking about this and this just gave me life in so many respects and hope and I think it's even been studied having a creative outlet can really help with resiliency and pulling people out of out of burnout and so it, it's been a great journey and helped me grow and evolve in so many ways. I feel like I understand what you're saying intuitively, Shreya. I I feel for anyone who's been in attending, I think you feel that the stress of engaging the people that you that you work with. I mean, working in a hospital is is not easy. And I, I just always I feel that pressure is the cases are, are always too easy or the residents are too tired or they're interesting for learners at some levels, but not, you know, at learners for others, you know. And I, I feel like I I have to admit your love of for what you do, you know, if you're a doctor, isn't an infinite replenishing resource. It has to be actively refilled. And I feel like creating these podcasts and listening to them is is one way to do that. I, I think I realize that you can't rely simply on showing up to work every day as a guarantee that you'll 
you know, at the end of the year, at the end of five years, your your joy, your love of what you do will, will be intact. Can't take that for granted. I mean, my process, I think, is a lot. Um, I just look for a topic that I don't know much about, which is a lot of things. And then the things that I take for granted, which is even more. So it ends up being relatively straightforward. You can have a conversation with somebody for like five minutes. Like when I talk with a resident and, you know, like we'll talk plants. And Trey is actually ironically my resident right now. And the thing about it is that like I'll say something with absolute certainty. And fortunately, Shreya is a lovely human being and won't question me right off the bat. And then I'll just think to myself, what the hell did I say? Or sometimes she will question me and I'll have to think, why am I saying any of this stuff? How do I know any of this is true? And the truth is often you don't really know what's true. This concept of absolute truth in medicine, I think it's, it's a nice story that we tell ourselves to help you sleep at night. And it's good. You have to get a lot of sleep. That's, that's like a good thing. But uh, you know, when you start to chip away at it, one thing John and I used to talk a lot about when we started off as attendings was, you know, we all have this imposter syndrome. And then when you're an attending, you learn how to hide it really, really well. But I think that the thing we talk about most is kind of about how important it is to not hide that, because that's really where these like opportunities are for you to really start to not only like question it, but like kind of fulfill what John was talking about. It's like these the, the things that make you want, want to show up to work every day. I also feel like that that curiosity, that sense of curiosity, and the sense that actually I don't really know uh, as much as I think I do. I mean, would you guys agree that this creating podcast, it's an incredibly equalizing sort of influence, I feel like. Medicine is an area, I think, where there shouldn't be any hierarchy to begin with. But if there was ever any doubt, I feel like the, both the process of creating this with you guys and the uncertainty that it's generated in my own clinical knowledge is sufficient for me to to say you know what you know when i start off at the beginning of a rotation and i look my students square in the eye you know there is seven years and very little else separating you and me and i i do think that's one of the benefits to to, to this as well so going forward what is your advice for people who listen to this episode are inspired and also want to create a podcast what are your pearls for podcasting Find your Shreya. No. Find oh your Shreya. <laughs> or, or be your own Shreya, I guess. Be your best Shreya. Be your best Shreya. <laughs> I, I feel like we mentioned them as we were talking, which is get a strong team. Be willing to really put in the hours. What are some other tips? Do it because you enjoy it. Yeah, don't just do it for your ego. It, it is hard to put something you labored over and love out there for other people to to try to take something away from hopefully, but also, you know, look at with a critical eye, but uh, definitely learn to be okay with um, setting aside perfection. You know, I, achieving perfection is is impossible. Getting better if you're reflective is inevitable. So start with something and make it better. For our listeners who may not have uh, listened to Core IM before, are there any episodes that you recommend that they go and listen to right now? Or can you give us a teaser for episodes in the pipeline that we should look out for? So everyone should listen to episode 14, which is the first episode of Hoofbeats. Five Pearls Adrenal Insufficiency. I just want to point out I have already used that episode clinically twice. So if, if that is any indicator... Just putting that out there. It, it's one of those topics that's never really nailed down fully. At least that's what that's what I feel like. You think you have it, and then it just it kind of pops up when you're not when you're not looking. So this has been such a great conversation. Thank you all for your time and for sharing your wisdom. Be sure to check out Core IM available on uh, iTunes or any podcast app that you have. 
Special credits to everyone here, Shreya Trivedi, John Huang, Steve Liu, and Marty Freed for all of their help today and their time. Thanks for the Core IM team for lending their equipment and making this episode possible. If you've liked what you've heard so far, please check out Core IM and Doctors Who Create. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at doctorswhocreate at gmail.com. Or tweet us at doctorscreate. Or check out our website, doctorswhocreate.com, to listen to our podcast episodes and also to check out other articles and profiles of physicians who are creative. Intro music brought to you by the band Tries Me Rescue. Mm-hmm.